0: The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day comes to us from our epistle reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and especially these words, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at the cross. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, you and I live in a world that loves people that have power and who display that public or that power publicly. And yet, you and I gather here week after week to worship one who hung in abject weakness upon a cross that was designed to shame the worst criminals. We live in a world that loves wisdom and that loves to worship those who by the sheer sheer power of their intellect can bring forth knowledge into the world that was not yet known before they discovered it. And yet you and I gather here week after week around the cross and confess that one man's death made us all righteous. It's not a concept that exactly flows from pure reason. Oh, it's hard for those of us who love Christ and the cross to admit it, but judged solely by the power and wisdom that this world speaks about, our faith on the whole is ridiculous that's what the world thinks the cross is foolishness the unbelieving world wonders why we would cling to one who had nothing to cling to except the shame of the cross and why we would believe that such a death could be the source of our life so why would we Well, we do so because the Spirit of God has worked faith in our hearts through his powerful word and sacraments. He has given us faith in order that we might see our salvation being worked by that one who is hanging upon that cross. We know that God's weakness is our life and therefore we boast in the foolish way that God has worked our salvation. Oh yes, there are many churches in our world today who would like to try to keep up with the sensibilities of what the world would like. There have always been these churches, and there always will be. There are the churches who seek to meet the power demands of the people. These are churches that might offer almost on-demand miracles, it's also churches that offer up a great show every week whose production value is so high that it is simply spectacular. But either way, in these churches people are to walk away from church wowed into belief. And then there are the other churches which offer up the other thing that humanity wants most and that is wisdom. They preach sermons that are basically just practical advice about how to live your life each day. Oh, some of the wisdom comes from the Bible, but it's usually mixed with things that we've learned from psychology or sociology or some other wisdom tradition. And I want to be clear, power and wisdom are not bad things if they come from God. And occasionally God does put his power on display. He still does do miracles that leave people speechless. And there's no doubt that the Bible is filled with all sorts of wisdom for our daily lives. But my point is that those things can never be the things that we are to seek first. They are not what the church is to preach most or to center its ministry around. No, we must stand with the Apostle Paul. We must say that in this congregation of God's saints, we preach Christ crucified. We preach that weak and foolish message of salvation by Jesus alone. We proclaim time and time again that humanity is sinful and lost and would have remained so had not God sent down Jesus from heaven to that cursed cross. Yes, while people seek power and wisdom, we preach Christ and Him crucified. And God, He loves it when we do. Why? Well, because He loves confounding the wise, and He delights in humbling the powerful. See, God sent the wise men home a different way in order that the powerful Herod might be humbled. He amazed the religious leaders who gathered in the Sanhedrin through the words of a couple dumb fishermen named Peter and John. He entrusted the Christ child to a lowly virgin named Mary. When those at Babel thought they had built their tower of power into the sky, God confused their language. And when people would gather around Jesus in order to show how smart they were in regards to the things of God, well then Jesus would speak to them in terror, in order that their supposed wisdom might be shown to be quite shallow. And when many were convinced that the Messiah would come and would rule in power and wisdom from a throne in Jerusalem, God instead sent his son down to the old rugged cross to begin his kingly rule. God says to those who seek power, this thing you cannot take by force. To those who seek wisdom, he says, this thing you will never have through your mind power alone. He says, only the humble will be exalted. Only those who receive the power and wisdom of the Spirit can hear this good news. Only those who hear the word and have faith. And so Jesus would say to our world and to us today, If the weakness of the cross offends you, well then stay away. If the foolishness of how God has ordered salvation insults your intelligence, well then stay away. But if you are willing for Christ's sake to be called weak and foolish before this world, then don't stay away for a second. This good news is for you. Jesus Came for you, he died for you. For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So today come again and receive that light that God gives out in seemingly weak and foolish ways. After all, he gives new birth with just a splash of water. He uses a fallible man to forgive your sins in his name. He uses a wafer and wine in order to bring Christ into your midst at the supper. None of these ways would be described by anyone else as powerful. And quite frankly, the human mind cannot take in what's happening at the font or at the altar. But yet, we come there knowing that that is where the power and wisdom of God are. Did I mention that God loves to confound the wise and humble the powerful? Did I mention that he loves to exalt the lowly and the humble? Did I mention that he desires to exalt you as you are humbled before him? Oh, the truth is this, we're all tempted at times to demand from God powerful signs or sound wisdom. There's not one of us here who at times would not like to be dazzled a little bit or have some magical piece of wisdom placed into our ear that makes our lives so much easier. But those things are never the things we are to seek first. No, we instead must return to the Word of God when we recognize that we indeed have set those things of power and wisdom as a priority in our lives. We must return to the Word of God and be set free. It is in those times we must confess that what our flesh wants is not really always what we truly need. And when we confess such sins, of setting power and wisdom above all else, well, it is then that God exalts us. And you know how He exalts us? He points us back to that cross that cross where his beloved son died. Look at the cross. Beautiful, isn't it? The debt of your sin was paid there. Your salvation was won there. Peace with God for you was established there. Is it wise? No, not in the world's eyes. Is it powerful in the way that the world thinks of power? No, not for a second. But remember, the foolishness of God is wiser than any man's wisdom. Remember that the weakness of God is stronger than any man's strength. For in the foolishness and weakness of God, we find our salvation. For the foolishness and weakness of God is Christ. Or flipped around the other way, Christ is the wisdom of God and the power of God. And it is precisely by that foolishness and weakness, that wisdom and power, that you and I are saved. Amen. You're invited to us.